Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam, and today I'm talking with counselor Desiree Penlilio. And Desiree's passion is working with hesitant teens who are seeking and struggling with framing who they are and defining a clear vision for the future. She helps them take action and move forward with purpose. And Desiree believes that communication is the key to any relationship, particularly between parents and teens, and that we can all use support as we navigate the teenage years. So welcome, Desiree. I am so happy to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here and just the opportunity to talk about parenting and teens and the dynamic process that we're all going through. Yes, and there's so much to talk about. So I know um, you work specifically with teens. How did you get into that? Tell us a little bit about your story. Well, you know, I had my own teens, right? And, you know, we were a military family and we moved around and I just really felt like they were missing kind of that empowerment and having that extra time with us. And we became this really close-knit family because when you move all the time, you become your kid's biggest advocate, their biggest role model. And with all that, I wanted to make sure they were able to advocate and, you know, articulate their needs and stuff and having that communication. So it was really about trying to be the best parent I could be and making sure I was making them the best teenager and the best person that they could be to go out and, you know, conquer the world and change the world and however they were going to do that. So it was really a lot about learning and parenting has changed so much from when my parents parented me. And and I think it's probably going to change by the time my kids parent their kids. It's always evolving and you got to stay current and stay involved. Yeah. So what do you think has changed the most from when, we were younger to what it is now and how has that impacted parenting? I think the biggest thing is, you know, and I love social media and I love all the technology and I love being able to talk to my kids when they're in college on FaceTime. I mean, I remember being in college and it was that Sunday afternoon payphone call, you know, the collect call home yeah. and stuff like that, right? There wasn't like, well, let me use my cell phone and call mom today. It was, you know, it was very, you know, it was planned because, you know, there wasn't a way to, you know, call mom when she's at work on her cell phone. So I feel like, you know, technology has been this great help and also this great burden because sometimes you're competing with that as a parent and you want to make sure that you're in their life and having those conversations. So it's making sure you're still making time as a parent with your teenager because that's such a huge priority is just that downtime, that opportunity to talk and to share with them about what's going on because we are their biggest role model, their biggest cheerleader, their biggest advocate. So we talk about, you're talking about spending time with our teens and two things come up for me when you say that. One is when, you know, we've got so much going on, particularly if you have more than one kid. And I know families that have many kids and you're running from place to place to place. So when do you find that time? Um, And two, even if you do find that time, what if your teen doesn't want to spend time with you? So let's start with number one. We are so over schedule, we've got so much to do. How do I find time with my kid? Well, you know, time and, you know, it's, it's 
and trust, I think, kind of go together. And it's like, it's the smallest moment. So it was crazy things. It's driving from one event to the other sometimes, you know, we all over schedule our kids. And I think, you know, we need to reassess all of that. But it's, you know, I picked my kids up from swim practice because my girls were swimmers. And I, I had them in the car. It was like a closed captioning moment. Like they can't jump out of the car. And I was trying to have those fun conversations. I never tried to have a deep conversation in the car because that's just not the, you know, the opportunity and emotions get high and no one can escape. So we try to chill out to music. We try to laugh about stuff. We'd laugh about anything that had happened that was fun in their day or, you know, something great that happened in their day. So, you know, it sounds like a crazy time, but just being in that car, driving that 10 minutes can create that relationship and that communication that, you know, we, we have. And my other thing was we try to, you know, score up date nights, like whether it was with my daughter and myself or my husband, we'd have date night and we'd go out for either coffee or dinner. And all of us agreed that the focus was each other. So there was no cell phones because it's easy to get on that cell phone as a parent, just as much as a kid. Mm -hmm. It is so true. So taking those moments that you've got from driving from place to place or wherever it is, it doesn't have to be this like, okay, we're spending all day together. It's more like, We've got little moments, but taking those moments and really using them to connect. But I like what you said, use that for fun connection, for that, you know, laughing and enjoying and, you know, just having fun because then they're building that trust and connection with you rather than every time we get in the car, oh God, here we go. Mom's going to spend that time lecturing me or giving me some big talk and they're going to dread it, right? So now let's go to number two. You're in the car driving to the next thing you want to connect and your teen is on their phone and they're you know not wanting to talk to you what do you do you know it's so funny because I'm like wow how many parents we've all experienced that we're like trying to compete with the phone you want to knock it out of their hand throw it out the window do all kinds of things I you know I kind of made the rule and it was kind of a you know a tough rule we all had to have you know a, a family discussion about it that you know when I picked you up from school I get the first 10 minutes. I said, I don't have to have the whole 30 minute ride home, but can I have the first 10 minutes just to be mom and engage in your life? And, you know, it was really easy because it's, you know, that little challenge of give me 10 minutes when you get in the car that we laugh and joke around. Well, 10 minutes quickly became the whole time because it was fun. You know, teens are waiting to see if you're going to follow through on what you say. So if you pick them up and, you know, the first thing is who'd you have lunch with? Why, why didn't you get an A on your test? If it starts to be the inquisition, they're going to, they're going to latch onto that phone, but if they get in the car and you go, Hey, why don't you do the music? And I, and I know sometimes I didn't like my kids' music. I totally will own that, but I totally listen to the music and I'm like, what makes you like this song? And when they start you know, telling you passionately about this artist or their what's, you know, makes it work. It's just having that conversation and building that relationship and listening with that curiosity to ask more questions. I think that was it. It was it really started coming down with, can I have 10 minutes of the car ride just to connect with you? I'm not asking for 40 minutes, you know, the whole ride, but it quickly became, oh, this is fun. If it's fun, they'll keep engaging. If it's an inquisition, they're going to tune out quickly. That is so important. And I love that so much. So a few things, make it so that it's only a few of the minutes. So it doesn't feel overwhelming. Like, okay, we have a 45 minute drive and I'm going to make you talk to me for 45 <laughs> minutes. It's 10 minutes. You are doing something that they like. So you're making it fun. Love the music idea. I know we do it. My daughter is always in charge of the music. And, you know, it's you do. You learn some songs you love and some songs you're like, "Mm, not so much. But 
you're learning their music, right? And that is something that they really latch on to. So something they love. And so the conversation is about what they love, what they want to talk about. And we're staying away from hot button topics like grades and, you know, anything else that they've done or haven't done. Um, so then they feel safe exactly. to talk and the safeness to talk and they know and you've proven it. So I think also I just want to throw in setting your expectation. So you're like, okay, we just listened to Dr. Cam's show and Desiree said, say 10 minutes and then they're going to talk to me for 10 minutes and then they don't. And you're like, I tried it. It doesn't work. So what do you say to parents? They're like, okay, I just tried it. It didn't work. So that doesn't work for us. You know what? Kids, you know, teens, especially you have to redo it and redo it. It's like anything. I mean, think about your two-year-old when you're trying to get them ready and you used to say, maybe I'm the only one that said it to my two-year-old, get your shoes on, get your shoes on, get your shoes on, let kids get your shoes on, let mommy help you get your shoes on because we got to get out the door. Everyone has to get to work. So with your teen, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, so they don't do it. They kind of unengage. So put your music on and I, you know, whatever, 80s rock, you know, Van Halen, whatever it is, you know, the Scorpions, whatever it could be, you know, classical music, whatever you're passionate about, go, hey, so I'll pick the music. And then just start listening to it and singing and just making it fun. And then your teen's going to go, they're serious about it. Mm -hmm. Next time they get in the car, do the same thing. You know, they want to see that you're going to role model it, that, you know, the minute they don't engage in it, if you turn around and flip it and go, well, I was trying to connect with you. And then it becomes an inquisition and a negative experience. So I, I'm all about, you know what, if they don't do it, put the music on and listen to your own music and, you know, Fleetwood Mac or something. And all of a sudden your kid goes, oh my gosh, I listened to that. All of a sudden you just, you create that connection. And you go, Hey, you know what? When I was in high school, I listened to this song. Now all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, that's funny. And you get that. So it's persevering. It's to keep trying because teens, you know, they want to see that you're going to walk that walk and talk that talk when you, when you say it, if you know, if it doesn't work and you go back to the old system, then you, you've proven their point, you fueled them up. So I just would say, put on your own music and just kind of jam out to it and, and laugh and they'll engage. You will be surprised. It might take three, four five times, but perseverance, you know, none of us master anything the first time you can take about any sport. You know, if you learn to ice skate or ski, you, you weren't, you know, going down that mountain the first time it took time to learn any of those skills. And so like this, changing the relationship and the expectation in the car takes time. Yes. So important. And you just had said, use the word expectation. I think that's one thing that trips parents up a lot is we go into something with an expectation of how our teen's going to respond. Chances are pretty good. They're not going to respond the way we have envisioned. And then we get disappointed and upset at them because they didn't act the way we wanted them to act. And that's not fair to them right? Because now they're all of a sudden disappointing us when we didn't give them the chance to, you know, not disappoint us. We basically set them up to disappoint us, right? So getting rid of that expectation of what's going to happen and just doing it for you right now. And I love that. Just keep trying, keep trying and being consistent and making sure they know without a doubt, it's going to be safe. They can talk because a lot of teens, if they'll, they'll fall into this and go, oh, this is a trap. This is different. Uh-uh. I'm not falling for this trap, right? So they know that. So it may, it may take a while. That's fantastic. So what, what other things can we do to like create that time with our kids? And 
why, again, explain to us a little bit more on why it's so important to have that downtime with our kids. You know, the downtime is the opportunity to create trust. And you want to create trust with your teenager. Well, you don't want to create trust with, you know, your little kid. But, you know, it's easier when they're little. But as a teen, you really want that trust. Because when something goes bad in a teen's life, you want to be the first call. You know, I, that is the biggest thing. If they don't have trust or they feel there's going to be repercussions or it's going to be negative or I'm going to get a lecture, you're not going to be that first call. So you want to make sure that you're creating that downtime, whatever it is, where it's fun, where it's just bonding, where you're letting them know that I'm present. I'm present. I want to be part of your life. And, and not only as a teen, but even as an adult, if you're not present and you're just not spending that time and prioritizing spending time, whatever that looks like, they're not going to be in your life when, you know, when your teen's 30, they're not going to be like racing home for Christmas. They're going to be like, oh, check the box. I mean, you know, I think we could all talk about, you know, going home sometimes is great, sometimes not so great. It was kind of the chore to do or going to visit, you know, different people. I don't, you know, I don't want that for my kids. I want my kids to be like, I can hardly wait to come home. I can hardly wait to hang out. And you have to do that by changing the whole mentality of making sure they're enjoying that time with us, you know, and yes, we still have to parent we still have to have those fierce conversations, those difficult conversations, but I think we can do a better job. I know I can do, I'm trying to do a better job than my parents did. I'm trying to include them in the consequences, you know, sharing why my choices are what they are, not just it's my way or the highway, which was kind of my, you know, my parents' choices, changing that whole thing of explaining, this is why I'm choosing this, or this is why I'm saying this. So it's really that downtime just gives you that opportunity to have that credibility when you come with the big ask or the big discussion. They know that there's that trust and that bond there that's just been growing with that downtime. That's great. And that respect and the connection and all of that comes in time when you have that ability to really spend with your kids. Because when we try to correct them and we try to lecture them and we don't have that connection, it doesn't go over well. <laughs> it's no. not effective. And we get frustrated. And so if that if there's a lot of tension and conflict, um, well, I'm going to ask you, so there's a lot of tension and conflict, right? And you're going, Oh, my gosh, I don't even know how to start. What is a good way for parents to start where they just don't even have close to that type of relationship right now with their teen? You know, it's a little thing. It's just having that little listen, you know, stopping in their bedroom in the evening and going and sitting on their bed and, and not commenting about the room, you know, and just going, hey, <laughs> tell me one good thing about your day and letting them share. Just, you know, just listen and go, hey, that sounds really amazing. I'm, I'm really glad. Thank you for sharing. If you thank them for sharing, if you kind of go and share with them or if they kind of look at you like you have three heads, because again, you're trying something new, go, Hey, you know what? I had a really great day at work today. I sealed this account or I got this, or, you know, I really enjoyed watching you play soccer today and scoring that goal that really just, you know, it filled me with such joy seeing how hard you've worked. Just share something with them and then go, Hey, have a good night and walk out. You're just building that bridge. You have to build that bridge. You know, parenting is the long game. And so you have to keep, keep depositing. You have to keep giving that love, you know, when we joined this whole parenting tribe, no one said it was going to be easy. It definitely has lots of challenges. And, you know, you think you figure it out. I tell parents, you think you figure it out when they're little kids and then they become a teen, right? All and then a whole different ball game. And you know, if it's not easy. Parenting is a long game and it's a hard game. So you have to be able to have me you a know, broad shoulder sometimes and just 
keep bridging that gap. And if something doesn't work, try something else. And I say, it's all about communicating and it doesn't have to always just be about, you know, correcting them or giving them criticism. You've got to give them a lot of love and a lot of unconditional love and just build them up because that's what they need. It's easy to break someone down. It's really hard to, you know, build them up. You know, we're a very good society at picking apart faults. Mm. We're not so good at building up and our teens need us more than ever to build them up as they're bodies changing, their mentality is changing. They're trying to figure out what group they want to do. Where do they want to go? What shirt to wear? If you have a girl, I mean, that could be a whole event in the morning. Yeah. Long shirts, not clean, right? Like I've, I've been, I've been there. So it's really just building them up every day at every opportunity, not falsely building them up, but really, you know, encouraging their strengths and letting them grow. Yeah. And I love when you're saying, you know, not falsely encouraging them, because I think sometimes we go so far on the other extreme. We're like, okay, I'm just going to keep, you know, building them up, building them up. And it becomes like, it doesn't, you know, they're like, well, I, it doesn't mean anything. Like you're just, you're saying that because you're my parent, you're just trying to build me up. Clearly you want something, you know, so it's being really sincere and finding things. Now I've got parents that I'll say, there's nothing I can say that's good. Like they're just a mess there. And I literally have had parents say there's, there's nothing. I, I could not even think of something. So what do you tell these parents that are like, my child is just a disaster. Um, there's, I, I don't even know what I would highlight. I would be like, does your kid get up every day? Like <laughs> really, really like there, there's something just, you know, if you're, then you need to search yourself as a parent a little bit and go, I need to find something. If you can't find anything, I mean, I just think if, if parents said that to me and I haven't had that, so I'm very thankful, but I'd be like, could you just be like, Hey, um, thanks for getting in the car on time to drive, to get you to school. Thanks for doing that because today I have a really busy day at work and I really needed to leave on time. Thank you. It's the little thing. It could be, hey, today you put your dishes in the dishwasher instead of in the sink or you rinsed your dish out and put it on the counter or whatever. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. You know, it's finding the little thing. If you encourage the little thing and just thank you, show appreciation for the little thing. I mean, just think about even as an adult, if someone, you know, if you're in your workspace and someone said, hey, thanks for proofreading my, you know, my work there before I presented it today, I appreciated it. You feel like a million bucks. It was a little thing, but it's, it's, it makes you feel like a million bucks. So find the smallest thing, you know, it, it could be, thanks for putting your clothes in the, in the laundry hamper, you know, whatever it is, there's something little and then it just builds. Yeah. You know, you've got to start somewhere just creating that bridge and your teenagers are they're struggling so much with just figuring out who they are, what they are and where they're going next. And how's tomorrow going to look at school because things are changing so dynamically for them. So find something positive, find something positive as simple as, Hey, thanks for brushing your teeth this morning. Yeah. And I, and I agree. It's like any little thing because, you know, you talk to teens and they're like, I can't do anything right. Why even try? And they're just so feel so beat down. And I think, you know, we're trying as parents to get them to a place like we want them to improve. We want to raise them and get, have them have all the right skills. But the more we focus, like you said, focus on their flaws and focus on what needs to be corrected, the more they feel like that's there. There's no it's not even worth it anymore because everything's broken and everything's a flaw. And where do you go? So if you find even little things, it gives them the like, oh, I can do something right. Oh, they do recognize. And when the more you focus on that, 
the more you start seeing and the more they start doing. So focusing on what you want more of rather than what you want less of. And so what you're focusing on is what you're going to get the most of, right? Exactly. And focusing on abilities, you know, so, you know, I work with parents and they want their kid, you know, everyone wants their kids to be a straight A student and I don't know, be a road scholar, I guess, but you know, not everyone's going to do that. So appreciate where your kid is and appreciate the hard work that they put into something. I tell parents, you know, I never said to my kids, oh, that's great. You got an A. I'd be like, wow, you worked really hard for that grade. How does that feel, that hard work? Let's focus on, on a value and something that's going to get you, that you're going to need to do for the rest of your life. You know, you're not going to go to work and someone's going to give you an A on a project. They're going to appreciate the hard work that you met the deadline. Yeah. So focus on the, on the values and the skill sets that they're learning. Boy, you worked really hard or, you know, they score that soccer goal. You know, I saw you out in the backyard practicing all week, you know, doing those drills. That really paid off today. Wow, your hard work was amazing. It was great watching you and understanding the background that went into creating the success that you just saw in the field. It's just, it's encouraging that. And all of us as parents can find that in a child that, you know, our teens, they're struggling, they're trying their best. So encourage something, you know, find something that they're working on. And, you know, once you're right, once they have one thing that they're doing, they're like, oh, I can do this. Okay, well, now I'll apply to this. I kind of won at that. Now I can do this. Now I'll try something bigger they're not going to try anything bigger or step out of that comfort zone if they don't feel supported and loved and that goes into adulthood think about you know people in jobs and stuff we don't want to you know try something different if we've always felt like you know as soon as we do it and it's not right we get you know put down. So, <laughs> yeah. so you want to do that let's start encouraging and, and encouraging those values that make them go okay i'll try something different i'll try something new i did it i'm, I'm succeeding you know little successes are big successes i mean you know, you think about, I always think about, you know, our two-year-old, how excited we got when they put on their shoes. Sounds pretty simple, but at that time, that was huge. So take that same mentality and apply it to your teenager, you know? Yeah, I think that is so key. And some of the things that we expect teens to be able to do, it's kind of like expecting your toddler to be able to put their shoes on and tie them right away, right? Like we know it's going to take time. So there's things that our teens, I mean, it's even like problem solving and making good decisions, right? There's things like that, that they're learning how to do. So we can't expect them to just tie their shoes perfectly and run, right? So it's being patient and finding those little tiny things that they get closer and closer and encouraging them to do it. So that's... Yeah, that's so... You're right. It's so important. It's having them... You know, you're right. They're learning critical thinking skills. They're learning to make those right choices. And you know what? Teams are going to make a lot of wrong choices. And that's where we get to come in and have that teaching moment. Not that you know, let's be angry moment, but that teaching moment. I, and I think about, you know, my youngest daughter learning to drive and took off the rear, the side view mirror of the car. She was backing out of the garage because she decided you should turn the wheel. I don't even know how she was backing out of the garage, but it was something magical that you could take off the side view mirror. And I remember just looking at her going, I, I can't even, you know, and then I just started laughing because I, I couldn't even think of anything to do or to say it. But because I, I, I know, I'm like, I don't even know how you did that. That was, I do. I've done that. So I, I, I can relate. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it could have been like this moment where I got angry and said, oh my gosh, now we got to call the insurance company. Yep. Like, I can't believe you did this. Like, this is horrible. But I just remember being in the car looking at it and I just, I couldn't, I just started laughing. I, I couldn't even figure out something to say. Like, I couldn't even come up with a teachable moment. I'm like, all I thought is she will never do that again. I don't know what she did, but she will never do that again. 
And it's, you know, it's letting your teens kind of have those, those failures and learning from them and, and helping them navigate what the learning experience is in a positive way, not in a negative way, but, you know, because it gives them that opportunity to have that grit and that resilience to go back and learn from that opportunity. Yeah, that is so important, giving them the space to fail without fear of being judged and corrected and punished and everything else, because that's what leads us adults to fear everything, right? We're so afraid of what somebody's going to say or if we, because that's what we've been taught. Um, And it's from the right place. So I'm not, you know, it's from this place of wanting to help them and improve them and get them. But we also have to teach them that it's okay to not do everything perfect the first time because they're not going to. They're just not. And it's just asking the question instead of it being, you know, an interrogation where you're mad at them, say, what did you learn from this experience? And I, and I know that's hard as a parent because you just want to tell them the answer and tell them that their mistake and, and kind of judge it and tell them the right pathway. But what did you learn from this experience? And having that conversation, you know, I call them those fierce conversations where you're listening with curiosity and they're telling you their rationale. And, you know, as they're going through the rationale of their steps, you know, and going, okay, well, let's back up because I think right at this step is where the misstep happened. So let's examine that. What do you think you could have done different? right at point C, you know, right here. And then they go, oh, but you're teaching them that later on in life, when something goes wrong, to evaluate it, to go back and go, where did I go wrong? And how do I change the process to do better next time? Because really, we all just want to do better. We all just want to belong to the, to the, you know, the society of the human society and be part of the tribe. And we all want to be encouraged and love and feel like we're, you know, contributing in some way, not that we're failing all the time. And so we're not going to try anything. We're going to be, you know, living in fear. We want it. We want them to be bold. We want them to go out and change the world and make it a better place. Yeah, absolutely. So Desiree, how can people find you? I have a link to the article that you provide to go into detail more about this too, but how can people find you? You know, I'm, so I have a website, Encouraging Teens, so I encourage you to go on that and link up with me and, you know, search out some information. I'm on Instagram. I really, I'm loving Instagram mostly because I get feedback from teenagers as well as parents, Nice. you know, giving some information to them and, you know, connecting with them. But I say, you know, go on the website, follow me on Instagram as some great ways just to get some information and I, you know, if I can help anyone out there, you know, I love you know, talking to parents about how to, you know, tweak those communication skills, how to change from the, you did this to what did you learn from this? Sounds like a thing, you know, simple thing. So, you know, if parenting when your kid some, does something wrong, instead of saying, I can't believe you did this, go, what made you make that decision? Yeah, that's a huge, huge difference. I mean, mammoth difference, right? It's from blame and and judgment to encouragement and teaching them how to problem solve and evaluate. And it's like, poof, right? I can't fix this. I can fix this. And that just changes everything. So Desiree, before you go, and you've given so much great information, any final words of encouragement for parents with teenagers? You know, communication is the relationship. I love telling parents that whatever the communication is, whether it's getting an ice cream or when you're having those fierce conversations, but really try just communicating. Your teenager needs you more than you'll ever realize they needed you. You know, they need you as kids, but now more than ever, they need you. They need you to be that role model, that cheerleader, that advocate, you know, so communicate with your teenager is probably the biggest thing I tell parents to do. I could not agree more. That is wonderful. Thank you, Desiree. I'm so grateful you could join us today. 
Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to set your teen up for success, both at school and life, feel free to download my free gift to you, Seven Secrets to Motivating Teens at askdrcam.com slash motivate teens, all one word. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and all the amazing nuggets that Desiree shared with us, please take a moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. And I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.